Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Homo Sapiens. How are you all? Very nice to see you all assembled. Please do take a seat. Refreshments available from the rear and the middle of the cabin at our earliest convenience. Now, today, we've got Raven Smith on the show. He is very funny. If you don't follow him on Instagram and you want to giggle, follow him, at Raven Smith, all one word. He's a Vogue columnist. He is a sort of witty raconteur, and he's written various books. He's come in because he's done one about Raven Smith's men, he's calling it, and all about kind of the men in his life. And it's this incredible examination of what it is to be queer and interact with men, really, of all sorts. It's uh, it's really fascinating and eye-opening. And Raven is a very witty, funny card of a man. But actually, this book goes deeper, and I'm thrilled to see that. I loved it. I loved the book. Um, all is well over here. I'm a proud new dad, getting it all wrong and making it up as I go along. And we're just having a lovely time as a little family unit, learning so much and not getting much sleep and all the lumps and bumps. You learn so much every day. And yeah, happy as a clam, as they say. Why am I saying clam? But happy as can be. I cannot tell you. I feel like I'm glowing. But maybe that's just my skincare regime. So it is Mental Health Awareness Week this week. And I wanted to just start by chatting about a few resources that Homo sapiens can recommend if you may be struggling. We love talking about mental health on this podcast. I can't stop talking about my mental health to anyone who'll listen, as you probably noticed, because honestly, talking about it is the first step. Now, firstly, Mind, they have a special page dedicated to LGBTIQ plus mental health with useful resources on how to manage your mental health, supporting others with their mental health as well, and loads of information with helplines and face-to-face support. Um, Gendered Intelligence are great. It's a trans-led organisation, aims to improve the lives of trans people. It's got a whole network of therapists and counsellors to tap into, and it offers in-person youth and community support services, group services, mentoring, trips, residential trips, and a support line. Check out their website. Wonderful organisation, Mermaid. It supports transgender, non-binary, and gender-diverse young people through secure online communities, local groups, helplines, and resources and stuff. And then there's also the Trevor Project, if you're in the US, which is the world's largest suicide prevention and crisis intervention organization. We spoke to them quite a while ago, went to visit them in New York City. They are fab and uh, do amazing stuff. So there's some good resources there to start with. And if you are struggling with your mental health, I hope you're doing okay. And I'm sending you a ton of love because this is the week to get talking about it. 
have you listened to our previous episodes? We had our Heartstopper special with Alice Oseman. That was fantastic. Lovely reaction from you all. And then week before, we had Booker Prize winner Douglas Stewart, who did Shuggy Bane, and now he's got Young Mungo. Absolute brilliant episodes, both of them. So if you haven't listened, go back and have a listen. Great feedback on the Douglas Stewart episode. Albert on Instagram said it's today, it's here, and everything you could hope for from these two lovelies. Lovely. Amelia Abraham, friend of the podcast, said Dream Duo, KM747, said a lovely thing. Loved Wee Shuggy, although it was a tough read, maybe too close to home in some parts. Excited for young Mungo. As a Glaswegian growing up under Section 28, this should also stir some thoughts. Thanks for that message. That means a lot. Um, really enjoyed Shuggy and says Sean and just finished Young Mungo on Friday the dark humour and vivid portrayal of growing up gay in the 80s and 90s executed brilliantly Young Mungo is a realistic and sometimes difficult love story look forward to your next work I presume Sean means um, Douglas not me I've not written a novel yet maybe I should all of you messaging just saying how profoundly Douglas's work affected you as a queer person I mean what more could you hope for lots of you writing in asking to join the mailing list so hello at homo sapiens podcast.com drop us a line if you want to join and we shall join you uh, as they say um lovely email from kate i have been listening to homo sapiens since my son introduced me to you in the early days in the will young days over the years many you must listen to this one texts have been exchanged within the family oh that's so lovely to hear but this week's episode hit so many spots and i thought i should really email you to say thank you so this is the douglas stewart episode that kate is talking about First, I had Shuggy Bane sitting on my bedside table, all lined up as the next book to read, so it was lovely to match a human to the author's name. And then, the comments about living with an alcoholic and the different personalities that drinking presents a family with at various times of the day was so true. The recollection of the deep breath we all took as the car and the kids say their school bus drove into our road in anticipation of the version of dad we were going to meet made my tummy all fluttery and my heart beat faster as if it was yesterday. I have written down so many things that were said during this episode as they will remind me in moments of doubt why we are all who we are. As a family, now out the other side, we are a troop of people pleasers. We always need to make things right and all of us can read a room for atmosphere as if it was an Olympic sport. I know I'll love Shuggy Bane. Douglas Stewart sounds so lovely and we share a love of Alan Hollinghurst writing. Oh, love Alan Hollinghurst too. Thank you so much for Homo Sapiens, Chris. I didn't want my son to have to resort to a woman's hour, especially now it lacks the subtle humour of Jenny Murray and Jane Garvey. And due to my various jobs over the years, having been an adopted part of the gay community until we left England, Homo Sapiens has helped me be less isolated by the small town mentality I am now surrounded by. Thank you so much. Love, Kate. Kate, thank you so much for sharing that story with us. And I'm thrilled. This is what we're for. We're here to help. So I just you writing down things that Douglas was saying is just wonderful to hear. And thank you so much for sharing that with us. Beautiful stuff. You can always get in touch with the stories and feedback. Email is hello at homosapienspodcast.com or at homosapiens on Instagram. Get in touch. Send us a DM. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and you could win a t-shirt as well. Let's go and have a chat with Raven. This is such a funny chat. He's just mischief. So honest. So clever. And hopefully a new side. You get to see a new side to him that you don't get to see on Instagram. He's just being a wit on Instagram. And I hope we get to see a bit more of the man. The man himself. So here's our lovely chat with Raven. 
<laughs> just doing my trousers up. Woo! Okay. Woo! Where in the world are you there, Raven? I'm in my writing room in London, Soho. You're not at home? No. I just need to talk to you about your house a bit because yeah. you share a lot of content about your house. Uh-huh. You're doing it up. Would that be right? My love of a fixer-upper is constant. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to talk about my husband in a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've been doing it up. It's like year seven. The seventh year of uh, work in progress. Four years and you had to wear shoes up to the bed because <laughs> what? your socks just got eaten by nails. <laughs> I love that. It wasn't very chic. But the accidental byproduct of that is there's something deeply Berlin about your house when I look is at there it on still? <laughs> Well, nowadays... It's more done, right? The bedroom, the pink stripes, I love. I know so much about the interior design of your house. But I want to have a word with you about that room you get dressed in. It's very messy. It I needs think there's nowhere to put it. <laughs> you d- I just, I'll fucking come round to do it. I'll come round to do it, but it stresses me out. Yeah, it is a mess. Who's the messy one out of you and your husband? Richard. <laughs> I'm really tidy, but I don't clean. Okay. That's my thing. So I, I have a... And Richard is... He does clean sometimes. But doesn't tidy? No. Because between the two of you, we should be able to get this work <laughs> The thing is, it's really weird. It could, like Sometimes it really gets on my nerves, but it's incredible how much I can just decide I don't see and how long I can go without being like, <laughs> I don't see it. I don't see I... it or feel it. I sometimes look at like a box balanced half off a shelf behind mm. you it's got some clothes. I'm like, that's going to fall off and it's it's killing me. Anyways, that's not why we came to chat, is it? No, we no. came to chat. <laughs> We've actually come to talk about you, but nominally we're here to talk about your, because you've just published yeah. uh, your book, Raven Smith's Men. Mm-hmm. I just want to say to you, Raven, I just think it's fucking amazing. I think it is so profoundly brilliant and funny and observant and does so much about bringing to the front so many things that I think are in all queer people's lives Mm. and congratulations I don't know what to say thank you Um, you're not very good with a compliment are you no I love them just lap them up but I just think um you're probably the first person who's read it who has no skin in the game like, you're right. not one of the men, sorry to say, as you well know. Uh, you're not wow. my editor or my mum or my stepdad or my husband. So I just think it's amazing. You have a very particular style, which I mm. love, and it's playful and it's all the rest of it. But I don't feel like I've seen you go deep like this. And I think it maintains all the playful fun, but it just has these searing takes on, I don't know, what we're all wrestling with, with, mm. I don't know. Men, full stop, you know, and mm. uh, and I think what's really interesting for me is like if as a gay man, I identify and I think a lot of people feel this, I identify so much more with women. Like I don't like men are like a sort of slightly othering object to me mm. and 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 but not gay men, really, but uh, straight men, let's say. And so to kind of take that, but look to actually look at men. I don't know. Mm. It just never crossed my mind. Don't ask me why. Yeah, well, I guess like as press for my first book. Uh, I did a piece for The Observer. I wrote mm-hmm. about my dad and race and how that, how both of those things had shaped my identity. Mm. And I just kept 
the world locked down. I can't believe we've got straight for pandemic chat. We're like two minutes in. <laughs> the world locked down and I was flooded with memories of, you know, my life outside of the room I was living in. Mm. And um, I just kept thinking of all the men in my life on similar terms as the piece I'd written about my dad. Could I actually just explain how what happened, how I felt about it, and if anything, what I have learned from that moment. And so I just start, uh, so the, the first book pitch was, I'm just going to do this with more men. Let's just talk about it sincerely. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's good to be a writer who, is deve- who develops over time. And I do feel like I'm a, a more confident writer. And I don't mean that I think I'm better at writing. I just mean I'm not scared of saying exactly what I think without yeah. too, without frills and songs and tap dancing. Just say, I think this... And I think that, you know, I, wouldn't, I wasn't confident enough to do that with Trivial Pursuits. To, I, was, I loved writing about emails and being tall and going out dancing and being fantastic, but I just wasn't able to be like, hey, I'm going to talk about this one thing that's mm. really important to me for eight pages and just chew it, chew it over. Yeah, and it's wonderful. And I think what struck me about it personally is like generalising terms. Straight white men get a lot of flack. You know, people say, oh, the narrative has always been about them. It's always from their perspective. Yes. But they haven't actually been analysed that much mm. by the people over whom they have a hold. And I know, obviously, a lot of these men are not straight in your, mm. because you've had sex with most of them. Um, but, you know, it's <laughs> like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like uh, actually i don't feel like i've seen a lot of it the, you know and if, if people have like send in more because i'd love to read more Could, but mm. because it, and also there's something deeply weird this is i think it's probably been like the thing i found most weird my entire life is like you are a man mm. but but you find men really strange <laughs> mm. and you're like but i'm supposed to be that but i'm not that and yes yeah. Uh, that's the always been the question that I suppose I've always been asking myself. I think all LGBT people do, you know, in some respects, you're not the thing that people say you are. Yeah, I think for me, it's endlessly fascinating. And this kind of like, it's like hitting a tuning fork. It's always humming. This uh, mm. being a man, understanding what men are like and how problematic and brilliant men are. And then how under my understanding of them influences the way that I am a man in the world. And it's really, <laughs> you can't, once you start thinking about it, I'm like, oh, wow, everything is, everything is, is somehow part of this ma- masculinity tap dance. It is. And also, whether you feel like, um, like I'm talking to myself here, like whether you feel like a real man or whatever, or everyone else's version of man, you often get afforded the luxuries of men. Yeah. So therefore, you're really complicit with some of the bullshit, you know. Oh, like, I bet we benefit hugely from the patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> There's no yeah. point pretending that we don't, you know. Yeah, which is like you know even more of a head fuck because you're like, yeah, you, you you hate yet you love. It's really strange, but I think also enlightening. Good, I hope so. Did you have to give it to every single man you'd written about? No, <laughs> thankfully not. You have a care of duty to protect the privacy of of, um, people. That's not the same as them reading it. Some people read it, like my husband read it, and the the legal edit was like, if he's read it and he's fine with it, then it's fine. And another one was like, you have to hide this man's identity more than just not saying his name. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, because it's your side of the story, right? Yeah, and I'm... 
obviously I'm okay with that. I feel like I apologise throughout the book for saying this is just my version, this is how I remember it. Um, maybe he feels differently. Yes. But you say you've become more confident. I think that's really interesting because, mm. you know, I, I actually can't remember how we first met. No, neither can I. I was thinking that this morning. I think we met in the joiner's arms. In- no! That I think is... you were just like there. Okay. That's great. <laughs> because as detailed in your book, you were often there. Or I was. <laughs> wherever there's a party, there was Raven. Yeah, um, somewhere nearby. Normally, normally on any surface above four foot from the ground. Like yeah, chair, totally. table, chair, insert table, insert chair. Yeah. Sometimes six four is not enough, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it, this is a question, but mm. I feel like I've seen it quite a few times with people in my life and possibly even myself through the changes the world has undergone in the past eight years which is like improving of the situation for for queer people Mm. uh black lives matter meaning that white people are slightly understanding in small Mm. ways their own uh privileges Mm -hmm. that a lot of the people who occupied the role of court jester have slightly moved into a more serious space. And I wonder if that feels like that's you because people are enabling you very well and previously well-deserved positions that you weren't given before. Yeah. Oh, what a great question or thought. Um, Am I a court jester? I don't... Well, yes and no. I think for me, uh, I was... The first book came out, the world locked down, and I was primed to make a big noise with that first book. You know, things have been working up towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think ugh, it's difficult to be like, after Black Lives Matter, the work came pouring in, but it, but, but it did, you know? I think really? people wanted, yeah. Well, and what are you going to do? You know, I, mm-hmm. I, worry, I worry about this all the time. Um, whether or not the privileges that I'm being offered are based on some kind of diversification, some kind of equality drive. Um, And the truth is, it doesn't really matter how you get in the door as long as you perform well once you're through it. And that's what it keeps coming back to. You know, that first book, the first book I wrote, I got a book deal and I'd been writing a Vogue, British Vogue, I was at British Vogue then, and I'd been Mm. writing there for a year. And I was like, I don't... I said to my right friend, I don't know if I'm ready. And he said, it doesn't matter as long as the book is good. It doesn't matter whether or not you were meant to get this deal this soon. It doesn't matter if the book is good. And I was like, right. It doesn't really matter what the, how you got to that opportunity if you are able. I don't want to be the emperor's new clothes. You know, I want to write books that make people think about the world around them and see it through my point of view. I want to illuminate something that might not be, have lit up for them so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as long as I'm able to keep doing that, I'm quite happy. But definitely after Black Lives Matter, when nearly every kind of the easiest way for brands and big corporations to show change was to put more brown faces in, the, in what they were putting out. And I definitely was one of the brown faces on their lists. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. interesting that you wondered whether it was fair or why it was never a meritocracy um, anyway so you know what's the and like you say if it opens the door for you and i do think i do think queer people question their position more uh and i'm I'm saying that because i'm queer i'm not black you know what i mean i can't talk to that bit of it but i do think you wonder why you're there (laughs) and i think that that is not actually a lot of people don't think like that. No, and I just think tokenism is just, it's everywhere. And it's starting to feel less like you can just do that and that's enough, which is good, mm. you know. <laughs> my mum's white. Half my family is, you know, reap the benefits of white privilege. I'm not playing yeah. a violin. Mm. Uh, like, there's so much about being kind of palatable black man. There's, you know, not being aggressive, not challenging people, not... There's so mm. much expect, you know, people are so, so find me refreshing maybe because I'm not what they think of when they think of a black guy. And perhaps maybe even if you are 1% aggressive, that gets read as 40% aggressive. I know? also think my dad would be really upset by that. That My dad mm. would be like, that's a, ma- that's a failing in you that you are whitening yourself in the way that you operate. I mean, mm. it's got a point. And is that whitening or is that emasculating? Because I know your dad is a very masculine man. He is. <laughs> oh, he's dead. My dad, rich. the bodybuilder. <laughs> yeah. It's the red, um, green, and only red and green lighting in his flat. I'm like, yeah, it's take dismal, me there. Dismal, dismal. Um, he... So he is one of your men in your book, just for anyone listening. We all do stuff to pass. We all do stuff to make our lives easier. We all do stuff to make social situations easier. It's only when you step back and you think, oh, I didn't... You know, when I was younger, I would call people out on their racism and their homophobia. But you end up giving a lot... Not saying you shouldn't do this, but when you get in an argument with someone about because they're misogynist or racist, you use a lot of energy and they Mm. don't. And you could be using that energy all the time, fighting people that don't want to hear it. And I I just think there's a lot of power in being, there is a lot, I I flim flam on this, right? There's a lot of power in being visible, happy, mixed race, gay, married man, Mm -hmm. successful from a kind of capitalism point of view. And Mm. then I think, oh, I'm just thinking of ways to keep showing off because I've always wanted, I've always liked attention. (laughs) Well, you know, we contain multitudes, don't we? And it's probably a bit, it's probably a bit of everything. But it's, you know, it's, um, I find with this podcast, like a version of what you're saying that I can relate mm. to is like, 
I sometimes try and make sure that we're not positioned as like sometimes people ask us to do stuff which position us uh as we're there to I mean trans people have this times 1000 mm. um but like as someone who wants to kind of be brought into a conversation in any mainstream form in and ter- in talking about rights and it's like mm. do you know what? I don't want to talk about rights all the time I don't yeah. actually just quite like to have a chat cuz actually that's a luxury we'd quite like I think I I do think I've been incredibly privileged as a writer in that people very rarely ask me to write about the black experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my black friends who are writers will say, "What would imagine what I would write about if I didn't have to write about being black?" And I was like, "I'm going to write about men. <laughs> I'm going to write about masculinity. Let's go." <laughs> I love that. I love that. One person who didn't make it into your book but did. Um, uh, this isn't me dredging up an ex. Well, maybe they are an ex. Maybe it um, is. One person who didn't make it into your book was Harry Styles, who okay. wrote about wearing a dress. <laughs> and then you've got the Harry, what are they called? Harry Krishnas? No, Harry Etts. No. The Harry okay. Etts came for you big time, right? I love that article. I got a lot of hate, a few death threats. Death threats. <laughs> and is this from yeah. like 14 year old girls and i Who don't knows? mean that in a disparaging way i just mean that's his fan base right oh how 14 year old girls are like the trendsetters of the future never forget that they are the people yeah. who care about the things that matter tomorrow also one direction came around about 10 years ago so they wouldn't be 14 anymore um no so a lot of them are just harry avatars and they seemed very very upset remind what was the gist of the article harry styles has worn a dress and it's problematic he dressed up as dorothy from the wizard of oz for yeah. new halloween yes, and it's, people it. were going nuts online and a lot of time my column is i write about the heart of the internet and what everyone's talking about and a lot of time i'm basically just saying everyone calm down <laughs> everyone be cool <laughs> Let's try and be, let's listen to each other. Let's care. Yeah. Um, and this, um, so I wrote this piece that was basically like, he, of course he can wear a dress, it, whatever his gender, his sexuality, mm. what, whatever, whatever and whoever you are, a dress is a dress and you should just pop it on if you want to pop it on. But I wrote that uh, until we, I, I think I said we can assume he's majority straight and people just got very, very, very upset about it. Really, right? Yeah, but I said that, that he was. The... We could reasonably assume he's straight. I'd forgotten that was the bit they got angry about. Yeah, it wasn't the dresses. It was the fact that I had somehow um, crushed this uh, pansexual Harry Styles's pansexual re- reality. I had suggested that that might not be that he basically mm. likes girls. I mean, he's never been pictured with anyone else but mm. a woman, but women. And I said that. Which is fact that he's only been pitched to be. And I said, we can assume he's, he's fairly straight. And they were just like, you can't assume anything about someone who's never said that. And was that queer people or was that uh, straight people? Obviously, people don't announce their sexual identity. No, I don't know. But I think it's something that clever pop stars do. And I'm, this is no disrespect to Harry Styles, who I think is like, you know, an amazing artist. But like, I think not being completely. Uh, um, clear about your sexuality makes a more interesting artist. Work for Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, people, people fill that space where they can fill in. So they, him li- having left that gap, just they filled it with 
devotion and desire. And I was like, well, he's probably straight, considering he seems to only fuck women. And they were like, how dare you? Pitchforks. I was like, right. <laughs> okay. And okay. then it was all over for you. It was. One one thing you said in the book, which I adored, which was kind of in your opening thesis, is, I wrote it down here, I can see that masculinity is both freeing and limiting that traditional male qualities, strength, courage, leadership, independence are also constructed and fallible. Being a man is never net good or net bad, mm. which is kind of the thorny truth, isn't it? That is the truth that I write in the, in the thing. Yeah, I just think, are men bad? Can we say that? Can I say that and still be one? Can I not be letting my team down completely by saying maybe strength and courage aren't the best things you can be in a life? Well, yeah, or maybe they need to not be apportioned to a gender. That's the thing that gets up my nose is like, you know, I remember you doing a podcast about Love Island and it's like, Mm -hmm. here we are in 2022 and I imagine there'll be another series of Love Island. It's probably on at the moment. But um, the gender performances that go on in that show is like, I feel like it's the 1600s, you know? Yeah, it's the 1600s with a lot of fillers. Yeah, (laughs) so men are carrying the eroticization of masculinity and they are two Mm. different things and we're putting that on men and that's sort of where for me toxic masculinity comes from and as gay men or queer people because we all have different versions of it it becomes intensely alluring because you're slightly told as i'm just going to say gay man because that's me and i don't Mm. want to talk for other people like you're told that you're not any good at it and therefore you slightly crave it. And it's quite a heady mix. Oh, yeah. Oh, I wonder who feels like they are good at being a good at masculinity. Do you think it's most straight men? Fuck. No, this is Maybe the whole it point is. is I think they all think they're dreadful. This is, I don't think any of yeah. them think they're good. But, but maybe that is, on them. That, is that not the, the core of consumerism? Not being convinced you're not quite enough. Looking for From ways where to I'm add standing, more yes, to yes, make yes. you feel enough. <laughs> but I also think most. I think I don't. I am very happy to be. I am modern. I am woke. Really? I am. You know, I'm able to hold that idea of like gender being a performance. Mm-hmm. But I am also what I understand to be a gay man, mm-hmm. and I fancy <laughs> what I understand to be men. And I'm ve- like. Yes, it took me ages to get to that as an adolescent, but I'm so sure of it. And I feel like that makes me a relic of an older time because I just don't think young people today feel like this. When you said men, I find attractive Mm. men. I think that's your Mm. word. Do you find gay men attractive or like bisexual, pansexual men? Or is it straight men? Is that included in that? Oh, it's both. But I would still say... Oh, it's really difficult. If I'm if I'm looking at a man like direct in his eyes, we're talking. It's fine. If I'm looking an inch higher than my eye line, I'm in love. <laughs> what does that mean? If a man is taller than me, I'm like giddy. Oh, I see. I so don't mean if you're is... looking at their forehead. No, but it's like I can't detangle myself from my tr- desire triggers. I can't do what can, no. what am I meant to do? My triggers are my triggers, right? And they are gender, they're about a performance of gender, wherever that has come from. 
However, I've tried to, you know, work my way through it in this book from trying to chart different things that have happened. I am so certain I fancy men. And I just don't, I honestly don't think the future is that gender specific. No. So here's the reason I asked about the, um, I clarified the straight thing is because I think we're taught to eroticize straight men as queer men. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, I think I'll know when I've truly healed when, if I was single in a parallel universe, I would not date a straight man who said to me, mm-hmm. I'm straight, but I'll go out with you. Because I would have gone, if I could at that point say, I'm not interested, it mm-hmm. would mean that I was able to have switched off that bit in me that felt I wasn't good enough by not being straight. Therefore, I wanted to get with one. Mm. and then i and then my second thought was i absolutely haven't healed because <laughs> i would absolutely say yes of course you would of course you would <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah but imagine going out imagine being like he was straight till he met me i would be wearing that as a badge of honor <laughs> i know and it's ridiculous I mean, yeah. and it's ridiculous it's crazy. because i've got to be honest about it because it's like where otherwise where are we but it's weird and it, because I don't believe it. On paper, I don't believe it. And I think being queer is the best thing ever. And I think queer people are the best thing ever. And yet, and I think that's because mm. one of the things you're talking about in your book is like we are programmed. All that shit is programmed quite early. And yeah, we have yeah. lived through a massive, beautiful opening and change of all those definitions, which would have made me a fuck ton of a happier kid. But it was, you know, that's, and I was talking to um, my therapist about it. And I'm sorry, listeners, I've said this before on the podcast, but it's to do with, it's called your erotic template. And it's like, it's created when you're quite young as to what you think is attractive. So through Mm. growing up, you can actually learn like what triggers, what your triggers are and where they come from, but they're probably not going to change and interesting sort of don't beat yourself up about it because that's what the world was when they were being formed and that's that yeah so do you think young people's erotic is it erotic template yeah it's just different now well i don't know because you know i I would i'd hate to comment not being a young person but um (laughs) it's like i think that it really really depends where you are like i you know we get letters on this podcast from people who are 15 who are struggling and i feel like in exactly the same position i was when i was 15 and then we get letters you know messages from people who are like very free and easy and or parents often who are like i've raised a queer kid and it's really helped this podcast really helped me because and and i can tell that kid is living a freer version of what I did. So I think that that is what is forming it. And I think if you look at, so for example, Euphoria, like it's the touchstone for Mm. so much at the moment, but like, I think it's fascinating that show because I think it has um, deftly, you know, lots of queer characters, lots of queerness, but, you know, there's still Jacob Elordi in the middle being oh, the hot jock you know what i mean like and it's so the way he's photographed is like as the 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 zenith of attractiveness you know what i mean it is he is still king of that crop you will see this in every single brilliant diverse show so it will be a cast of brilliant diverse actors and the white guy will be on the cover of gq that is what happens yeah you know the white guy will be 
Darth Darth Maul? What's he called? Adam Driver. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be the king of the Star Wars, the the Star yeah. Warrior. Yes. Um, you know, industry, like anything you think of, it's the it's normally the white guy that goes all the way. Mm, it's sort of lip service, isn't it? It's almost like the template. The, the vehicle is for everyone, but only certain people can accelerate. Mm. And I think I don't like. Obviously, I don't have a problem with Jacob. Is he called Jacob in the in real life? I have a problem with. Is he called Jacob? I'll, I'll I don't know. Him. Is he? Yeah, but then Zendaya, you know, but she also is a. She's a Correct. she's a type, isn't she? She's a new type, but she's a type. Jacob Elordi, is that his name? Yeah. Or Elodie. Um Well, she's spoken about that, exactly. She said, you know, I am an acceptable version of black, and that's yeah. no good. She's an acceptable version of, like, fashion woman. I mean, she's, ti- she's tiny, man. Is she? Yeah. She's very thin. And her weight should not be what we're talking about. But the point is... Is Raven, you're about to get cancelled again. I'm not going to get cancelled. For saying that, like, fashion essentially puts clothes on thin people a lot of the time. That's, oh, I see I, what that's you mean. That's not a revelation. So, oh, so her transition mean. into much more fashion space is not, is, is yes, she's she's of colour, but she's fitting into a lot of other tri- more traditional tropes. I see, I see what you're saying. Okay, not cancelled. Actually, it's not for me to decide. It's for the listeners. And if you... I don't think I could get cancelled because I feel like I, my mouth is too... My mouth's too big. <laughs> it's not like I've spent years saying the right thing and I've suddenly said the wrong if one. If you want to cancel Raven listeners, you go to at Ravensmith. <laughs> uh, hi, end of part one with Raven chat. Uh, go to the feed and have a listen to part two for more japes and frivolity and some serious stuff too. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Powered by Spirit Studios.